0: Mission sequence start. Five, four, everything. Three. everything. Sounds. Sounds.
1: This is Everything Sounds. I'm Craig Shank. And I'm George Drake Jr. This is Everything Sounds. The museum experience is pretty similar no matter where you go. You push open a revolving door, and you make your way to a ticket counter. They swipe your credit card, you grab your ticket, and make your way through the crowd. Someone tears your ticket, and you're in. So the next time you go to a museum, enjoy the art, of course,
2: but try to pay more attention to the crowd than you normally would. You might notice that there's a young couple on a date sneaking kisses in a less crowded part of an exhibit. There might be a woman that crosses her arms in front of each piece for a few seconds before moving on. Or there's even that kid who's asleep on the bench as his parents just take their time browsing around. Then there's the art itself. Now, what you'll experience depends on the museum, but there does seem to be some consistency across
1: art museums. And that consistency has to do with an absence of sorts. The walls, floors, and sometimes even ceilings are filled with what you'd expect. Paintings, photographs, sculptures, mixed-media works. There are exceptions, naturally, but there usually aren't as many pieces that utilize sound in a major or intentional way.
2: We've talked a few times on the show about how our culture can be very visual. Even within the art world, sound is still struggling to gain some recognition. It's still somewhat uncommon for museums to create exhibitions that are focused on sound, but the Museum of Modern Art, or MoMA for short, in New York, developed their first group
1: exhibition in 2013 that highlights sound in art. The exhibit is called Soundings, a Contemporary Score. Now we could simply just walk you through some of the pieces and let you hear them, but we wanted to fill you in on the exhibit's development and what went on behind the scenes but we'll still walk you through some of the pieces later. We obviously can't resist. First, we need to introduce Barbara.
0: Okay, my name is Barbara London. I'm Associate Curator in the Department of Media and Performance Art here at MoMA in New York.
2: She's been working with MoMA for decades. Her experience includes working in their international program, their print department, and she actually eventually established their video program as well. It's been a fairly broad set of responsibilities, but she thrives on one particular kind of project.
0: I have really enjoyed working with what I call the hot potatoes, the work that's least defined, that gives me the most room for research and for meeting directly with artists to talk about the work, the process, where they get their ideas from, and you
1: know, Barbara's so yes, worked with I, I, sound for the museum in the past, including Lori Anderson's Handphone Table and on a series of shows called Looking at Music. For two years, she looked into how some artists of younger generation were using sound or music in their works. These artists are accustomed to MP3 players, video games, and music and sound being a more persistent influence in their lives. Barbara was interested in exploring a question that's Simple on the surface, but deeper otherwise. What is sound? So, to help visitors answer that question, Soundings features the
2: work of 16 artists from all over the world. After Barbara's prep work, traveling around, and filling binders full of information, she needed to figure out the best way to put everything together.
0: And I thought about how sound is fugitive. Sound loves to flow all over the place where you don't want it. So... I worked with our designer, our AV team, there are about eight of them, uh, very skilled people, and we thought about how we might contain sound, and I got permission to, what I say, bleed out into other spaces, so the work of Florian Hecker is in our Bauhaus staircase, one flight going from second floor up to three and then around the corner on the third floor is the rest of the show. So our public might be on to walk upstairs, hear Florian sound, and then go up the stairs, and then they're confronted with our wall text. And then they go down the hall, and they hear and see the work of Tristan Parrish.
1: Those pieces that she mentioned are very distinct. One is a set of three speakers positioned around a staircase that sends out sounds that seem to mold to the space itself. And the other is a wall filled with 1500 tiny one-bit speakers that each send out a different frequency depending on their position on the wall. Sometimes the sound wandering around in the spaces was a good thing, but other times they needed to keep the sound isolated. On top of that, they wanted to ensure that as many people as possible could enjoy the exhibit.
0: And actually, for the people who are hard of hearing, we have what's called a hearing loop under the f- rug in many of the sound pieces, so that we have a little note that says, "If you're hard of hearing and you have a hearing aid, you know, put your adjust your hearing aid to thus such, and you'll you know have something." So each of the artists, whose work is an installation and environment, did. Um, work with us to provide then a sound for those people.
1: Even though the emphasis was on sound, what's most interesting about many of the pieces is how they seem to blend different visual and sonic practices. Part of Barbara's job as a curator is to find ways to integrate works that may be difficult to classify within more traditional boundaries.
0: The contemporary curators are indeed very engaged with interdisciplinary practice and how ideas don't form in isolation from something else. So we are, I think, as a team, are very interested in um, contemporary practice and how an artist might cross disciplines or mediums.
2: One piece that doesn't fit neatly within those traditional boundaries is the motor matter bench. It's an old New York subway bench near the entrance to Soundings. If you just looked at it, you might not think much of it. It's pretty easy to imagine it anywhere in a museum. People just sitting down, taking a minute to get off of their feet without knowing what might happen next. a process called bone conduction, a composition of synthesized sounds and recordings is heard by people standing nearby because the sound is actually coming from inside the people sitting
1: on the bench. Now, what you're hearing there, yeah, that was coming from me. And usually I'm the one that gets crap for making the most noise. I think it was a welcome change of pace, but I'll <laughs> let you get back to your favorite activity now. Well, some of the pieces are quiet. They don't even make sounds at all. And most of the pieces don't fit neatly into any categories. In fact, some of the artists are very aware how their work may be viewed. The creator of the Motor Matter Bench believed that his piece could even be misunderstood by the people who knew his work best.
0: So it was funny, Sergei, in telling me about the subway bench that he then created this composition for, he said if my my professor from when I was studying composition if I were to say to this professor come and hear my latest composition the guy would like roll his eyes you know because it's definitely outside the tradition but that's fine there what's wrong with going and doing something other than what you were trained you can take that language or that knowledge and incorporate it and build and you know go somewhere else
2: since sounds are everywhere, they can help artists to tell stories or take people to unexpected places. For example, a piece called Music While We Work is a video and sound installation that documents recordings made by sugar refinery workers from Taiwan. Ultrafield lets us hear what we're missing in the natural world by pitching down ultrasonic noises made by bats, fish, and insects. Then there's a piece called Frame for a Painting. It has a wall that looks like it's made of bright white studio foam and an LED frame surrounding Mondrian's 1937 composition in yellow, blue, and white one, which was already in MoMA's collection. The space also has an electronic soundtrack that buzzes along while you take it all in. Frame for a Painting reframes another artistic piece and allows for people to experience it in a new way. In some ways, that's similar to what Soundings as a whole may be able to do with a museum-going audience.
0: I hope that people slow down. I look at our public and many go, you know, bip, 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 bip. they go from one thing to the next. And they, oh my gosh, you're just flying, you know, and, and then they're taking a picture and I think, what does that mean to them the picture and then that's kind of ownership and then I think that's pretty great they have a feeling of ownership Um, so it's perfectly fine for all of us if going through soundings there's a particular sound they like they can hit record in their smartphone and listen later and come back and think yeah ridges on a horizontal plane that ambient sound caused by the projection screen touching the wire, that makes me think of, I don't know, rain hitting my roof or whatever it is, you know. So, yeah, it's the combination of the technical and um, creates an image in their head.
1: You can find out more about Soundings and the Museum of Modern Art at our website, everythingsounds.org. And while you're there, click the support button to find out how you can contribute to the show and become an Everything Sounds audiophile, which will give you exclusive access to bonus content for the show.
2: And Everything Sounds is a part of the Mule Radio Syndicate. You can find out more about us and other shows like the Mixtape, Decode DC, and Evening Edition at
1: Radio. Net. Until next time, I'm George Drake Jr. And I'm Craig Shank. This is Everything Sound.